This episode brought to you by <laughs> Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Horror Virgin for 30 days free in a book to get you started. For your book recommendation, I believe it's Mikey this it's week. It's Mikey. I got one. Okay. Who likes Star Trek? I'd like Star Trek. <laughs> Great. Then you'd love this book, Red Shirts by John Scalese. Oh, I've heard of this book. It's such a funny book. Yeah. And it's about like the red shirts in Star Trek. Yeah. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, like, you know, the ripoff Star Trek thing he does. Star Trek. Here we go. <laughs> Speaking of Star Trek, this week we watched Alien. That's right. Um, <laughs> so yeah. check out Red Shirts yeah. on uh, Audible at audibletrial.com slash horror virgin. Maybe check out Star it's Trek. It's narrated by Will Wheaton. So go to audibletrial.com slash horror virgin for 30 days free and a book to get you started and make that book Red Shirts. This episode also brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Hey, Nick B. Hi, Nick. Wow. 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 So I have a fun fact about about Nick Ooh. B this week. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about like video games and RuneScape because mm-hmm. of that one. Because you're both super cool. Oh, RuneScape, please. Because we're because <laughs> we're both super cool. Yeah. I actually want to clear up a myth. I actually never played RuneScape, but oh. because <laughs> I uh was a partner Twitch streamer for like three years, it was during the time that RuneScape was like really popular. So mm-hmm. I knew of it. I don't think the story checks out. Yeah, Todd. he just reads RuneScape for the articles, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, guys. So Nick B's fun fact this week is that he once called into work two times back to back. So he took two days off in a row to play a RuneScape to do like a raid in RuneScape. Nick B, yeah. how could you? But this is coming <laughs> from someone who spent over 5,000 hours playing Counter-Strike, which is like 200 days. Oh my God. So I am not one to talk. No. Nick B, keep on gaming. Yeah, Nick B, but go to work sometimes. Yeah, like you got to pay them bills. Speaking right. of people who are paying bills, this week, this episode's also brought to you by... John! Yay! Oh, John. We got a new Burn It Down level. John, thank you so much from the you can get it level to the burn it down Ooh. level this week. So we are celebrating by uh, burning you know. some shit down, yeah, man. Absolutely. Uh, fun fact about John. What? Yeah, uh oh. He got that money because of blood oh diamonds. God. What? Blood diamonds? What? Yeah, he's in the blood diamond business. He watched Leonardo DiCaprio die and then he took the diamond. No, I think he was producer on that movie, right? No, that's no, the no, blood no. diamond business he was a part of, oh. not the terrible one that we're well, not going to. They're both pretty terrible. Ah. No, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, John, for yeah, bumping it up you, to John. the burn it down level. I actually sent him a message asking him if he wanted us to plug anything, but he has not responded yet yeah, because well. that was like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to give him some I more said time. His fortune's illegally funded by blood diamonds. <laughs> yeah. It was nice having you as a Patreon. It was. Thank you so much for your short-lived subscription. <laughs> 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 and hey, Eddie and Veronica. Monica, we see you too. Thank you so much. Yeah, you guys are doing extra. You guys truly can Everyone on the Patreon is doing extra. We really appreciate it. If you guys want to help do extra, go to patreon.com slash horror virgin. Sign up for a level and get some awesome perks. And we've got a really fun idea that we're brewing right now. It might be a little while, but I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Oh, hey, Todd. I've been meaning to ask you if you would mind bringing the theme music in. Just in case you forgot. No, I know how it sounds. (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everybody. I'm Jen. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like being scared and I generally hate all horror movies. Speaking of scary movies, this week we watched Alien. Alien, Yes. The 1979 (laughs) classic. Is it a classic? Oh, yeah, I would say yeah. that. This is an iconic classic yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. so much so that I knew one of the big scares 
because of Spaceballs. Yeah. Like, it was in Spaceballs. I even said it before the, the thing popped out of his chest. I was like, oh, this is the scene where it pops out. Yeah, people who haven't seen this movie know this movie because it's that big. Yeah, that's what part. I mean. Let's do some first thoughts. So, this is the first time I'd seen it. You guys have both seen it before, right? Yes. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, I've been alive. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was my first time seeing it. I do think it was a good movie. I never want to see it again because it was. <laughs> you guys saw that there were some parts that genuinely scared me. Yeah, so, like, I got some good. Videos. I did not enjoy it, <laughs> but I can see why it, it's like famous. Yeah, like people know this movie because it's good. Like mm-hmm. it's a good movie. I didn't like it. It's not a good movie for me, but I understand why everyone loves this movie. It holds up pretty well. Mike and I were talking about that. During mm-hmm. the movie. Yeah, I, uh, well, one, I'm a sci-fi nerd, so I, like, love this movie. I am, too. Like, I like space yeah. stuff, but it's never space horror. And so I, I love this movie as a kid. I love this movie now. I, it really holds up, I think. Don't hate me, people. You I'm, don't like space anything. I really don't. I, so I avoided this one for a long time because I just, aliens and space just is not my thing. I understand why people like it. It's just not really. But I think it's because I can't really I, relate because I've never been in space and I've never been on a spaceship. But I do. I <laughs> So, so it's hard for me to put myself in that position. Yeah, 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 yeah. I but get that. I enjoy it. I every time I watch it, and I've only seen it about three times, but every time I watch it, I like it more. <laughs> no one's been what in a spaceship, Jen. Like, no, no. So what I'm did, saying is, it's hard for me to put myself in the shoes of the characters. You are literally one of the most empathetic horror watchers I know, and you're like, I just can't put myself in their shoes because it's in space. <laughs> I didn't say I can't. I said it's harder for me to imagine myself in that position. So what you're saying is, you can't put yourself. In someone else's shoes if they're magnetic boots. What I'm, say- exactly. what I'm saying is I'm not afraid that an alien is going to try to blow up my spaceship. You're not? Because I don't have a spaceship. But, oh, but not because aliens exist. Right. Whereas of I course am they afraid exist. that somebody might be living in my attic or I am afraid somebody might break into my house. So like you'd be more afraid of signs than this because right, no aliens come aliens, to Earth. I, I mean, I like this movie. I think it's good. I think it's very well made. Well, Ripley is on your final girl shirt. That's true. Well, she I is, say yeah. yours, but it's and a, it's, I like Ripley. Yeah. There are a lot of things I like about this movie. Um, <clears> there, you know, it's, it's not one of my favorites, but I do really like it and I consider it a great you, movie. I'm surprised you've only seen it three times. Yeah, because it's just, I just space is not my thing, you know. I get it. Like yeah. comedies aren't your thing. Right. How many times have you seen Ace Ventura: Pet Detective? Uh, once was enough. But I do like Dumb and Dumber. You know, the heart wants what it wants. Some movies I just <laughs> like, and some I, I love don't. that though. <laughs> I recognize it's a good movie. There are things that I really like a lot about it, which we'll talk about. It's just not one of my favorites. You know, strong female protagonist. I thought you would. Yeah. Love, I thought you would yeah, love. And this I movie. like that. I'm part. very surprised. I do like Ripley. Believe it or not. Yeah, that's the one time you get to make that joke. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this fucking movie, Jen. All right, so the first thing that we see are our opening credits that tell us what the Nostromo is and we see the Nostromo ship. That's the ship that they're on. Oh, and then we pan through the empty ship. There's bobbleheads in it and then a computer comes alive. Is the Nostromo the mining ship? Yeah, it's like a mining... They're a mining well, crew, but it's also towing some stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand the structure of it, but like they, they're towing a mining ship, or at least they're a mining ship with like a, I don't know, it's man. It's like a cargo kind of utilitarian yeah. and you, ship. And you can like undock the spaceship part from the cargo part because they don't land the cargo part on the okay. alien world. So they're like truck drivers. Right. Yeah. And they're sitting the rig is pulling a tractor trailer of a mining thing. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think the important thing is it's it's not like an exploration mission. It's not like, they're not like scientists yeah. going out to explore. They're just kind of workers in space. 
Truckers in space is how I've heard this described, like in the pitch meeting. And they're starting to wake up. And we realize that John Hurt is like, I, I think he lost 90 pounds in stasis in his because his tidy whities are just tidy loosies. Mm-hmm. I think it was boxers. Wouldn't it be loosey whities then? Either way, he should tidy be wearing something more form fitting. <laughs> that sounds like the nickname of like the like weird old guy down the street. Don't go over to that guy's house. That's Lucy Whitey's. <laughs> Wouldn't that be an old woman if it was Lucy? Gross. <laughs> no, her, Lucy, Lucy's a legit name. In the future, there's no such thing as colored underwear. No one's wearing colors the I whole thing. favorite color is freedom. I, mean, I guess that's true. I like colorful boxers, and I'm proud of it, and I wouldn't want to be on this spaceship because like, what, I want smiley faces on my boxers or fish or whatever. Right now, it's movie tickets. <laughs> on your boxers? Yeah. Let me see. Nope. Veto, uh, I have certain rules in the pod loft. We have established this on Twitter. All right, carrying on. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not good at Twitter. Here you go. <laughs> All right, so we've well, got... Buy a ticket to you want to see my Lucy Whitey's? No. <laughs> All right, we've got everybody waking up from stasis. And yeah. this is not blue liquid stasis pods. No, no, no. This no. is like little beds with cover stasis pods. Yeah, they're more comfortable stasis yeah, cat pods. Cat accommodating, yeah. um, laying downing. You might stasis say pods. cat accommodation. Cat accommodation. Nailed it. All right, so they're all kind of waking up and talking over their meal, and they're talking about bonuses and like getting shares and getting paid out, and they're all kind of just whining about the paycheck. I like this scene because it kind of establishes that this is like a very blue collar kind yes. of crew. They definitely are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even Dallas, who is the, like the captain Dallas of the is ship, Tom Scarrett, the captain, yeah. is sort of like blue collar. I AF. love me mm-hmm. some Tom Scarrett. I like you. Oh, I think he's too, great. Too, dude. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about how um, they've heard a distress call. Oh, <laughs> that's right. Because when they wake up, they think that they're like close to Earth yeah, because they, they weren't supposed be to wake Earth. up until they were close yeah. to Earth. Right. But Tom Scarrett goes to mother. The, yeah, the mother room that's like this computer room with lots of lights. Yeah. It looks like one of those confessional rooms in like the Big Brother house or the real world house. And they go in and they like can like talk to the computer screen and like ask <laughs> producer, you mean? Right. <laughs> so he's like, Mother, uh, Ripley really made me mad because she like didn't take my laundry out of the thing. I know. I think I'm going to vote her out. Immediately cut to Ripley like, Tom Scarrett is a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But so it's like this l- tiny little light where they can like type stuff into the computer and get readouts. No, they don't type just stuff. They like ask it random questions. It's like a magic eight ball computer. Tom Scarrett's like, mother, like what's going on? Like what? Are, like he doesn't even talk. He's like, like, what the fuck? Mother? Yeah, he talks in like street vernacular. WTF mother. Yeah. Where are we? <laughs> yeah. like, where even are we? It's like signs are not good. How do these computer programs work? Yeah, I think that was just a thing. People thought computers would be able to do in the future, like predict the outcomes yeah. of things. So he's asking, why are we awake? We're not at earth. And mother tells them he actually comes back and talk, tells the whole crew what mother. Well, said. Yeah, because mother told him. Yeah, right. right. Mother yeah, says he's on the up and up. <clears throat> exactly, because he's Tom fucking Scarrett, man. So he says, so we're supposed to be near Earth, but we're actually halfway there now. Mother woke us all up because we got a distress signal. Did it say the planet that they got a distress signal It was from? like C-12-14. So it didn't have a name, yeah. it's just like yeah. a number, a yeah, But it's not okay. in the system, it's in a different, which I imagine is a different solar system. Yeah, because yeah. the, and there are two ladies, one of them is Ripley and one of them I Lambert. don't. Lambert. Mm-hmm. And Lambert says like a thousand times, this ain't our system. No, that's mm-hmm. Ripley. Ripley says that. No, they both do. And then Ripley says it mockingly back at her. She's like, this isn't our this system. Ain't our system. <laughs> yeah, we get it. We get it, Lambert. I love this movie because like the only people who are right all the time are the women in this one. Yeah. Yep. It's just like real life. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> <laughs> 
so they're talking about how they've heard a distress call and now they are contractually obligated to go find out what this oh, thing yeah, is. Oh, yeah, because uh, Mr. We Don't Know He's a Computer, Winky Blinky, uh, he I is like, well, you don't get your shares if we don't go to the planet. Right. Oh, yeah, because like the two most blue car guys are like, we'll do it for twice the money. They're the ones who are already talking about their bonuses and want yeah. more money. Yeah. But they're like the space mechanics. They're, yeah, the engineers. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. They have like postdoctoral degrees. No, they were space mechanics. <laughs> yeah, they were engineers. Yeah, oh, yeah. Bad. Um, no one on this ship had a postdoctorate degree. This is where they say like the distress signal is not confirmed human. Like yeah. they just know it's a distress signal, mm-hmm. but and, which I didn't really quite I, understand. I didn't like that part because it's like yeah. it's, it's it's repeating every 12 seconds. They don't know what it says. But it doesn't establish that they've ever met an alien before ever. Right? That was my thing. So you're going to jump to alien? I'd be like yeah. some crashed ship. Yeah. Or maybe it's mechanical or like a robot. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. a probe. But still, yeah. that would be human, right? Yeah. It would be human made, human but made. Sure. Yeah. coming from a human. But I mean, the distress call would probably be in a human language. And when I say human language, I mean like English or Japanese or right. whatever, or binary or shit like that. Oh, one, one, oh, one, one, zero, one, one, two, Todd. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. There are no twos in binary? Yeah. Binaries are just ones and zeros. They are in the future. They found a two. Binary. <laughs> That's how the Terminator became self-aware. <laughs> <laughs> it? it does happen in Terminator 2. That's right. What? <laughs> Yeah, we cracked it. Where do you think the two comes from in Terminator 2? <laughs> this whole time. Oh, my God. We fixed it, guys. All right. So they decide to go down to planet C1478561 or whatever it is. Right. So they're landing on the planet, and it's a bit yes. of a rough landing. Oh, it's pretty rocky, mm-hmm. Wangy Blanky. It Actually, is. it's not. They, like, get really close to it. What does it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's really smooth, and then they just, like, and then it all blows up at the end. <laughs> it makes and no sense. They just kind of down. <laughs> they honestly do what They were looks three like- feet from the ground, and it was like, boom. <laughs> They Fireworks honestly do everywhere. what looks like a decent landing, and then shit starts to blow up on the spaceship. Yeah, and then Tom Scared's like, no one lied to me. What happened? Yeah, he's like, he, he says, give me a straight answer. Like, people have been lying to him for an hour, but right. no one has said anything. Everyone's just trying to put out fires. Right. Yeah. Tom Scared's not the best captain ever. Well, it's just like when you park your car and Nick like a curb and then like there's four fires inside your car oh yeah oh how many times have i done that that's why i keep that fire extinguisher in the glove box i'm just saying tom scarrett flies off the handle for literally no reason yeah i mean it's his ship and it blows up for no reason i'd be like what did y'all do yeah yeah okay so now they're dry docked and they have this loud argument it was probably tom scarrett yelling at them for fucking up his ship right (laughs) like they just they got three feet from the ground and they just decided to like drop the rest of the yeah. way so it squashed all of the landing gear i once saw my dad do that when i was a kid with his first computer he couldn't get it to work so he lifted it six inches and dropped it and then it started working again <laughs> nice that's like the fawns just bonk in the jukebox <laughs> he did it many times and really? it usually fixed it is this the argument that the mechanics were telling them like what was wrong with the ship yeah they were talking they said dry docked a bunch because the old guy says it'll take 17 hours and then the other guy yeah says, yeah. it'll take 25 hours, wangy yeah. blangy. <laughs> yeah. And then Ripley goes down to talk to them and they turn on the, the vents so they, mm-hmm. Ripley, so they, they can't, can't hear. hear Ripley. I do kind of like how this whole crew kind of relates with each other, you know, because it just feels like they do work together and kind of like each other to varying degrees, you know? Or hate each other. That's not what I got well, yeah. this scene yeah. at all. I mean, some of them do like each other. Like Tom Scarrett and Ripley are definitely fucking, but the two mechanics slash engineers are also definitely fucking. Yeah, they're <gasps> definitely... They're dry docking somewhere. Yeah. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> you can cut that out. <laughs> I am definitely not cutting that out. This is staying in the 
Kill Pod. <laughs> it was amazing. But no, like they definitely do not care for everyone else in the ship. Right. But they're yeah. like, it's just like people you work with, you know, like the closer oh, yeah, you yeah. work, you kind of, some people are annoying. And how people, long have they been yeah. on the ship together with people? Like, exactly. even if you slightly don't like somebody, but you're stuck with them for a year in a right. ship, you're going to be like, man, fuck Ripley. Mm. She's not my friend. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to back to that big brother. Yeah. It's going to go vent and be like, uh, Ripley drank all the orange juice. Mm-hmm. She's a bitch. Yeah, she's out of the alliance. And we got six more months, and then it cuts to Ripley. Hawaiian shirt guy's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Survivor Spaceship. <laughs> all right, so they are talking about the transmission. This is when they find out that it's just repeating the same thing over and over again, and yeah. they know they're stuck here. And they're like, "Well, how close is it? Should we just get out and walk to the thing?" So once the ship is fixed, we can get the fuck off this planet. Yeah, because they have seventeen. Excuse me, twenty-five hours before they can leave. Right. right. So they're about to go adventuring to find this thing. Yeah, the three of them. Yeah. And, and it's Kane, John Hurt is Kane, Lambert, yeah. and Dallas. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Why would you send the captain to go to a <laughs> ship? I and that's why I recommended red shirts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, the, and it, I mean, this just shows they are not built at all or What's trained What's the other people's jobs? Okay, I've got everybody's jobs written down. All right, let's do it. Okay, so Dallas is Tom Skerritt. He's the captain. Right. Ripley is uh, Sigourney Weaver. She is the warrant officer, and I'm not exactly sure what that command. means. 30 command. She's 30 yeah, command. Yeah, she's 30, and I think that's kind of what that Behind means. the science officer, I, I guess. Question mark? Mm, I think, I don't know. Okay. I think Kane was second in command. Ooh, okay. I think so, too. Kane is the executive officer because that she makes says, sense. Yeah, when Dallas and Kane are off the ship, I'm... In command. I'm the captain now. So they, not only did the captain go, the XO went too. Yeah. Yeah. That's but who insane. did they leave in charge? Ripley. Yeah. So I guess they were just like, she's going to be better at being in now. charge anyways. Um, okay. Lambert is the navigator. I believe it's pronounced Lambert. Lambert. Oh, pardon me. I don't know. Lambert is the navigator. Brett is the engineering tech. He's um Hawaiian shirt. Um, Kane is the executive officer. We talked about him. Ash is the science officer. Parker is the chief engineer. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's who everybody is. Thank so, you for going through the job list. I think that'll clear things up. Oh, sure. Yeah, I think so, too. So they are walking around the planet and they see a big spaceship. And it's like a curvy horseshoe kind and this of spaceship. this planet sucks. It does. I keep thinking <laughs> that they're going into a cave, but it's just real dark and kind of windy and stormy. And yes. it's just awful to be like standing my soul. everywhere. Yeah. It's dark and stormy. <laughs> They go into this spaceship because... Why would you do this? I know. This is so, so dumb. It obviously is not a human spaceship. No. The the only thing I can give them is that they go into the spaceship. I can understand why they do that because that's why? like the reason they walked out. That's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to go like their their contract obliges them to do this. But once you get in the spaceship and you see all the fucked up shit, that's when you get the hell out of there. Oh, like once you confirm it's not a human spaceship, exactly. Yeah, 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 you see yeah, yeah. a bunch of crazy. You okay. confirm that visually. I thought you could from the outside field away. The yeah. spaceship has nostrils. Yeah, I would have been like, that's not ours. Let's it, call for help immediately. Which is yeah. what Lambert says. She goes we don't need to go in there right. no Let's go back we know we know this isn't good how yeah. are the people on earth going to be able to prove that you went into the ship or not so um they go into the ship and then they're just kind of looking around john hurts climbing up something and then we see a giant skeleton in a captain's chair and i think these are known as the space jockeys i think yes they are the space jockeys. yeah yeah, yeah. um and so it's kind of like a giant 
skeleton. It's definitely not a human skeleton, though. Like, no, this because is it's another, like five times bigger than that. Yeah, this is another. We should get the fuck out of this place yeah. immediately and call the space cops or whoever you mm-hmm. call. One, you've discovered aliens. Two, it's dead. So you know something killed it, or it's crashed. It's dead, and it's like the the the, the mm-hmm. distress call's not for us. We need to go. Mm-hmm. No, something popped out of its chest, and they saw that. They were like, "Oh, mm-hmm. something popped out of this chest." It exploded from the inside. That's, he's not even a doctor. Yeah. He's a captain. Yeah. I'm a truck in space. Yeah. He should have just been like, we got to get out of here. Get on the CB. Call yeah. for help. <laughs> real fucked breaker, up. Breaker, breaker, 1-9. We got some real fucked up alien house shit going on over here. We got to get the hell out. Mm-hmm. Call in the authority. Burt Reynolds comes in. Just laying on a bearskin rug, half naked for some reason. I mean, um, yeah. Maybe that's my fantasy. <laughs> we need smoking the bandit over here. <laughs> so we're back on the ship. And Mother deciphered the signal and says it's a warning, not an SOS call. And Ripley wants to go after right. them and chase them down. But because Ash they, says no. Right. They're radio signals won't transmit when they're inside the alien ship. So right. Ripley is like, hey, I'm going to go run up and tell them that it's a warning. Yeah. Uh, and then space officer bot says, mm-hmm. why would you do that? Mm-hmm. That's a mistake. Yeah. Also, I am programmed for evil, not hell. <laughs> why would you not wait for the transmission to be translated before you go? Exactly. Huh. It's almost like they're not scientists. It's almost <laughs> right. like they make bad decisions. Yeah, hey, except they go there and they're like, obviously, an alien came out of his chest. Hmm. But let's not wait for the transmission to be translated before exactly. we go to the ship. Yeah, let's explore more of this ship. So, yeah. Because now John Hurt is rappelling down an intestines-like hallway thing into another layer of It is. Stuff. It all looks like in t- <laughs> all does. the hallways look intestinal. Yeah, or like the like skeletal kind of <laughs> yes. stuff. Yeah. Yes. Like, why? I would barely explore a ship if it was like, go to the next door. But right. he's like, I'm going to rappel down into this unknown area of the I ship. Know. And it's huge. It's like a huge chamber. Mm-hmm. And you've that- already discovered a dead alien. Like, right. what else do you want to discover? Well, what he does discover is a <laughs> bunch of eggs and and just slips and falls into them. Oh, my God. Said, this is ridiculous. Because yeah. there's like a walkway above the eggs being on either side. It's like when Darth Vader walks on the, the bridge of the ship mm-hmm. and like the people are down below him in yeah, like these yeah, little yeah. work tro- <laughs> troves or whatever. It's like that. Yeah, but it's eggs, alien eggs. And, and he just is standing there and then doesn't move at all, but slips down into one of those little well, egg areas. No, but as he slips, he's like, there's a glowing mist on top of the eggs that yeah. reacts when you touch. Oh, yeah. I fell through it. Yeah, yeah, and it is really cool. Like, you can kind of see the mist over top of the egg. Yeah. I'll it say this looks a, like they're underwater. Yeah. It's yeah. a cool effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll cool. say this about all the effects, and we talked about this when we were watching the movie, too. The effects hold up really well, and I think it's because they don't ever try and overreach. Like, they mm-hmm. knew what the technology was, and they just fucking nailed it. Yeah. Well, fun fact, they actually won an Oscar for Best Visual Effects. I just thought it was funny that he's like, the eggs react to, to you touching the mist. Oh, I fell through it all. (laughs) It's almost like you can't stand on mist. (laughs) Yeah. So he sees and he's looking at this egg and you can start to see something moving inside it. Yeah. And then it slowly looks opens. like we have life. I'm yep. not the father. These eggs are fertilized. <laughs> the egg is slowly opening and he's looking. It's like this pulsing pink thing. Yeah. Tell me it, more. It almost. Oh, <laughs> gross. It's gross. It is gross. <laughs> yes. It's it looks just like gross. an oyster. If like an oyster was yeah, an kinda. egg. An oyster egg. Say that word again. Oyster. Oyster egg. Oyster. There oyster you go. Egg. <laughs> yeah. All right. So pink so. and pulsating. Yeah, pink and pulsating, and then slowly opens up, and then uh, ah, 
it just bursts out into his face. Yeah, it was yeah. terrifying. Because he sees this gross thing that's moving and he doesn't know what it is. So his natural reaction is to stick his face right next to it. There's so many bad choices that John makes. Well, you can't, so many bad you choices. You can't make an alien without breaking a few eggs. Yeah. Or faces. Face can't, break, can't, break, can't impregnate an astronaut without breaking a few eggs. I'm so conflicted about this because he fucks up so hard in every way. John Hurt gets deep-throated by this alien. Yeah. And it stays down there. It definitely does. And and I knew that this happened. I'd never seen this before because, like, the chest popping scene I had seen just because, like, gifs or whatever mm. or gifs. So I've seen the chest popping scene, but right? But I've never seen the face hugger scene just because I haven't seen it in pop culture anywhere. So, yeah. it, like, that generally scared me. And, like, I I just felt like it was he deserved it. Mo- yeah. It, was, yeah. it, like, goes through his helmet and it's just scary. Yeah, because yeah. he's real stupid. And if I think about everything in this movie, the face hugger is what disturbs me the most. Like, that is the thing that's the scariest for me in this movie. Yeah, I would rather get mini mouth inside mouth punched than have a face hugger on me. Yeah. So he's got face hugger on his face, but we don't know that yet. We just know that he got face punched by this thing. And so, right, and it's like it's like stuck to the visor, I should say, of his helmet. Now we're back at the ship, and Ripley is saying, "I'm not supposed to let you in. You're supposed to be in 24 hour quarantine." Right, because like, in case something humped your face, exactly. and you have an alien inside your chest, and then you let it into the ship, and it kills the entire crew, and you yeah. end up having to blow up your ship. It's almost like the people with advanced degrees in your company who made all these rules had reasons for them. Exactly, and are not on this vessel because we are <laughs> space truckers mm-hmm. who don't know what's happening. Yeah, so Ripley's like, I'm not opening the door. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not do it yeah. At all. Even when um, Dallas is like giving her an order to yeah. do it, she's like, no, and you know why I'm not supposed to, you know? Yeah, and the space officer just goes ahead and does it. The science, science officer, officer, Ash does, yeah. My bad. <laughs> they're all space officers, you know. Technically. <laughs> so they let him in and they go back and they're looking and they cut his helmet off. And this is when we see the face hugger actually on his face. Yeah, it's a real messed up looking. It really is. So they're trying to cut this thing off. And this is when they find, oh no, they're trying to pry it off, but the tail tightens around its neck. So they do an x-ray. And that's oh, when that's they right. see that the thing is yeah. going down its throat yes. and like giving him air and like keeping him alive. So well, that's what we think it's doing. We right. don't. We don't know. Don't know and, and, even, and I'd like to exactly. take a moment to say this: the special effects for this thing on this guy's face is real good because mm-hmm. it looks it disgusting is. and real and alive. Uh-huh. It and does, yuck. but it doesn't surprise me too much though because the thing which came out I think the year after this has a lot of really awesome sort of body effects or like alien effects mm-hmm. that look somewhat similar and by that I mean excellent. They look great. Yeah. And this face hugger thing is that what they call that? Yeah, they call yeah. it space, the, 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 face hugger. Face, face hugger. <laughs> that, that thing looks amazing. It, lo- it looks great. 1982 was the thing. Okay, so 82. Yeah. So, so a few years, years after. Later, yeah. But yeah, it looks good. And so they're talking about trying to cut it off, and Ash is saying, well, it might kill him if we try to cut it off. And yeah. Tom Scare was like, well, fuck, we still need to get it off. I'll take that responsibility. Yeah, you know? he's like, are you going to have us on you? He's like, sure, I'll take the heat for it if it right. kills him. And because like, that is the concern that Ash has. Ashbot's like, well, it may be giving him oxygen and stuff. It may be the only thing keeping him alive at yeah. this point. And Tom Scarrett's like, well, I don't give a fuck. We're taking it off. I'll take the heat if it goes wrong. And Ash is played by the guy who plays Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings. Yes. Mm-hmm. And like the whole time of this movie, he's definitely like channeling his I want the ring Mm-hmm. Personality, my precious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, except well, the precious is the alien. Yeah, he's like, but well, yeah, what he's really saying is, if we cut this thing off, I can't do my evil plan exactly. to get this thing back on. Okay, so 
they try to cut it off. And this is when we find out that the blood is corrosive because yes. a little bit drops on the floor and it like, eats right through the floor. Super corrosive. Yeah. Like it eats through two or three floors. Yeah, of because this then they spaceship. immediately run down. They see it's yeah. eating through that level. They got to run all the way down. They finally find it and they find that it's stopped. Yeah. But so this is their, the defense mechanism. And this is how they find out you can't kill it or you can't like shoot it or like cut it because if it gets blood everywhere, it's going to eat through our ship and we'll all die. Or through you. Like if it was. Right close to you and you shot it with the gun like the, some of that would get on you and it would just eat you up right which I don't think happens in this movie but happens in other alien spoiler movies. alert yeah <gasps> they made other ones <laughs> yeah aliens for the revenge starring Michael Caine yeah what he found him on that alien island man. it's the Jaws team up of aliens <laughs> the pitch nice. for this movie actually was Jaws in space I've never seen Jaws but I sort of get that because you it. rarely see the alien but it's mm. always looming I get that so Ash is is now studying stuff. He's detectiving what this thing is. He's looking through the microscope. He's looking at pictures. And then Ripley comes up and starts giving him shit for opening the door. As you should. She yeah. should. Yeah. Because She's like, dude, I was the one in charge. And you're a fucking scientist. You know that this is an important thing for us to do. And I've let this thing on the ship. Was there any part of you that kind of suspected that he was up to no good? Yeah, absolutely. I, I thought that he was just really passionate about bringing this alien back home back to earth because he wanted to study it yeah even yeah, if so, it risks the rest of the crew right so i thought in my mind that he was doing it because his ulterior motive was maybe not financial and maybe not even fame. professional maybe not even, maybe not even <laughs> fame but just general curiosity like mm -hmm. a, like a scientist like holy shit this is the first ever organic alien species we've ever run into this would be a huge find it would mm -hmm. help you know whatever i want to bring it back right so like that's the only thing i thought was his motivation i did know because you know it's not gonna be a horror movie if everything goes great like yeah. if it just comes off John Hurt's face and they put it in a box and go home and everything's cool yeah. they all get medals from Prince Leia and Chewie's like yelling and stuff but like <laughs> I knew it was going to end badly but I thought it would be more like hubris instead of like him trying to get them killed right more you got more like just curiosity yeah. like so yeah Ripley's like what the fuck You're, I'm supposed to be in charge and I like well she is third in command and they sent is. the top two ranking officials out on a search party which was real dumb this is the first time that, um, what's his name? Ash does this annoying thing and says, Dallas, you need to come look at Kane. I can't tell you what it is, but oh, you just need to come look at yeah. it. Yeah. That bugs me. And then he's like, has the status changed? And he goes, it's just quicker if you come here. And you know what's quicker? Just saying yes, Ashbot. Sounds like they're secretly hooking up. Exactly. Or no. Like winky blinky. I need you to come look at Dallas. Hey, we need to talk about Dallas immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but Dallas is hooking up with Sigourney Weaver. Privilege of leadership. <laughs> It's good. That's it's a good patriarchy. Be, it's good to be the king. That's a patriarchy too. It's space triarchy. Space triarchy. They go upstairs to look at Kane, and the thing has come off of him, and so he's just laying there and has disappeared. Yeah, yeah. It's come off of him, and they don't know where it is. So they just kind of tiptoey creep into the room with no weapons and not even turn the lights on and don't even close the door behind them. Right. It's like There's an alien remember. on the ship. It has disappeared. Let's just walk in there with no weapons, creep around, and hope it doesn't go out the open door behind us. No weapons, Todd. Two people had flashlight screwdrivers. That's oh, right. Teeny me. tiny flashlight drivers. Excuse me. 
I'm going to use my sonic screwdriver to see what happened here. So um, <laughs> there, and it just kind of sneaks down onto Ripley's shoulder, and but it's dead. So it, ju- it falls onto Ripley's shoulder and then falls on the floor and it's dead. And so then they start dissecting it because Ash is super curious. Without eye protection, yeah, even without, though it has acid blood. Yeah. Getting their faces real close to it. And Ripley's like, we don't know what it is. It might be contagious while her face is inches from this yeah. thing. Yeah. Uh, so now Dallas and Ripley go off and talk. And this is the first time somebody tries to walk down a corridor and somebody else just power move shuts the door right yeah. in front of Yeah, them. she does it to him, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so she's like, I don't trust Ash. It was clear to me in that scene that they were sleeping together. So there was a scene written where they were hooking up. But I don't think it was necessarily as romantic as kind of just we're in space together yeah, for a it's just long like, time. Like, I'm yeah. a man. She's a woman. Well, and so they talked to Ridley Scott and they're like, let's do this, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to space camp. <laughs> <laughs> but so there was a scene written where they were hooking up, but they talked to Ridley Scott and they're like this really, we just don't need this in the movie. So they ended up taking it out and they never filmed it. In that scene though, it feels like there's some tension. It there. does. Or at least some like chemistry, tension. you know, yeah, yeah. and I kind of just took it as they get along. They're one of the people on the ship that kind of get along with each other. You know, this is when we find out because Ripley's saying, I don't trust Ash. Do you trust him? And Tom Skerritt. Oh, this is when he says he he's the science officer. So when it comes to science matters, he his what he says goes. Right. Yeah. But that I had been working with the science officer who was supposed to be on this mission for like five or six years. I knew him really well. And he got replaced by Ash at the last minute right before oh. this thing took off. That guy's like the luckiest guy in the space. Exactly. Yeah. Or the maybe- luckiest guy in the space. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe he's on his own evil mission somewhere. Yeah, maybe mm. he's going to look at the event horizon I know. right now. Maybe Wait, Sam it was Sam Neill. <gasps> oh my God. Do we ever see Ash and Ash Sam Neill in the same place? But even if we like... did, it'd be fine. I know. Yeah, because they are two different people. Space... <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now they just take off from the planet. They're yeah. super surprised they take off like, like... I know. Well, two of them certainly are super surprised. <laughs> Parker and his employee. What's Parker's employee's name? Hawaii shirt Brett. guy. Hawaii shirt guy, yeah. yeah. They, they're like, oh my God, it worked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know. They're like, smooth sailing, right? Uh. <laughs> they're all like high-fiving. I mean, they're not, but they're almost high-fiving. Like, yeah. oh my God, it fucking worked. Die. I didn't kill everyone. <laughs> okay, so now they're talking about what to do with Kane. They're saying, well, now we're all going to have to go into quarantine because when we get back, this fucked up thing happened on our ship. Oh, that's what Ripley says. Yeah. 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 And then Lambert is like, well, that's a downer. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, this is when Ash comes on the radio and says, hey, Dallas, Ooh. let's come check out Kane. <laughs> I bet you want to know what's going on with Kane right now, right? Well, you're going to have to come upstairs to find out. And all the so other they do. are like, what is going on with like, those guys? I think we talked about this actually. No, it's it's the happens second time twice. Happens. What? Yes. Yeah, I told you. It's like weird secrety announcements on the intercom. So wait, 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 wait. That happens twice? That yes. happens twice. So the first time when they find Space Face Hugger, the when they find him the first time face. dead, mm-hmm. they then go back, talk for a bit, and then go back. And that's when Kane, oh my God. That's when Kane wakes up. Uh-huh. Really? Yeah. He's yeah. Wearing I, thought, his, I think they finally unlaced his corset so he's able to breathe a little bit. That's what it is. Place. Because in this scene, he's wearing like a lace-up corset yeah. that is loosened. And Ash is like, dude, I just can't describe this corset over the intercom. You just have to come <laughs> up and see be it what for it yourself. <laughs> he's like, I think Kane got into Sigourney Weaver's lingerie. Get up here quick before he takes it <laughs> off. You got to see. <laughs> Dallas, Dallas uh, Kane's Facebook status has changed <laughs> to it's 
it's complicated. I yeah. cannot tell you about it. You need to come see. <laughs> yeah. And then he walks in, and, he, and Dallas is like, "I think I saw Ripley wearing that earlier oh, I this definitely week." Saw it. I saw it on my floor for a little. <laughs> I did not realize that John Hurt was like a handsome was dude. Young? Yeah, because in my mind, he's always been fifty and sure. the voice of a dragon. So like, I didn't realize that he was like a hot young dude. They get upstairs, and Kane is corset wearing, sitting up and coughing. Yes. He's talking about how he had a dream about being smothered, I think. It seems like he's fine though, for all yeah. intents and purposes. He's like, good. He's for like, cool. a thing on his face. And that's when Dallas is like, hey, we're going to go back in stasis and then go to Earth. And John Hurt's like, yo, I've got to eat. I mm-hmm. am so, so hungry. Yeah. And that's when they cut to the cafeteria scene. Yeah, and this is the chestburster scene. Yeah, and, and this I knew was going to happen the yeah. second I saw the mess hall because it looks sort of like the space diner they're in in Spaceballs. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah, it's supposed to. <laughs> no, I know, yeah. yeah, and that's why I, I knew it was happening. Yeah, well, this is one of the most iconic scenes in all of horror, I think, and it's oh. very effective, except that I have seen it and been aware. Like, I've seen it out of context so many times that it, it kind of loses its impact. So I was watching it tonight, and I was trying to kind of put myself like what you said, like imagine if you saw this in the theaters and you had no clue what was happening, you know, because he starts kind of choking and then um, he just kind of flops back on the table and everybody's trying to hold him down. And I think he's having a seizure. They're trying to put a spoon in his mouth. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And something kind of pulses. First of all, there's a big splat and there's like blood a all over A big splat of blood. Shirt. Yeah. And yeah. it hits Lambert in the face. Or yeah. maybe it doesn't yet. No, it doesn't Some yet. of it does. And I thought like, it did, but yeah. yeah. Some well, people take a step back and some people still hold him down. Mm-hmm. And so then it bursts out of his chest and then kind of just sits there in his chest for a while and it looks like it's a tiny little alien and I, I mean everybody who's listening I'm sure you know what this yeah, is. Yeah they've seen it. Yeah if sure. you're over 10 years old I feel like you know what this thing looks like now. If you're under 10 years old welcome to the podcast. Hey. Yeah. Turn this off because it sort of looks like a penis. It does look like a penis. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a penis with little. Yeah it looks it's very like a phallic. penis with a grill. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So everybody is freaking out and looking at this thing and they're like, what the fuck do we do? And then it just kind of scurries off. No, yes. no, the chief engineer like grabs one to kill it. Yeah, oh, it was that's right. And yeah, that's yeah. Just, Don't kill it. Don't kill it. My evil plant. Oh, 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 no. It has corrosive blood. Yeah. Because they know they can't kill it, too. Although it looked like he was going to hit it with like a baseball bat or something. Yeah, it was something. You know what? I still would have tried to kill it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think if you hit it with something that's not going to cut through the skin, you'd probably be all right. Yeah, maybe. Knock it out. Also, I feel like you're adrenaline rush in that moment and you're not necessarily thinking about that stuff. So you just either run the fuck away, cry on the floor or just smash it with whatever no, you got. absolutely right. Fight or flight, man. So then they bury Kane at space. I mean, Aww. and it's like... They, they bury him toilet like a, paper and flush him They bury him like an evil goldfish. Aww. Tom Scarrow's like, anybody want to say anything? And yeah. no one does. Because He's they're like, like, no, there's right. a fucking alien that might be right behind me right now. Yeah. We need to get you know busy. what you don't take time to do? Yeah. Give someone a proper space burial when there's an alien mucking about your fucking spaceship. Exactly. Lock it up, Tom. Right. Maybe if they tried to chase it down, they could have got it. It was still a little bitty baby alien. Yeah. You know how fast that thing can go? Not as fast as a human can. Yeah, not as fast as you can wrap a corpse in toilet paper. That takes a long time. Yeah. So now, Brett, he's Hawaiian shirt engineer. He's just pulling up all kind of harpoon-like weapons. But I think they're actually like cattle prods. Because they don't want to break the skin of this alien. Right. It, it is It is a cattle prod. Or maybe not a cattle prod, but something that is based on a cattle like prod. It like a cattle yeah. prod. Yeah, it's like a long taser. Ash is talking about how he made this motion-controlled tracking device. And it's like a big box with like kind of a penis-looking wand It looks like a leaf thing. blower. It kind of looks like a smaller <laughs> leaf blower. 
Yeah, yeah, it does. And so they're dividing into two search parties, too. And it's Ripley and Parker and Brett and Tom Skerritt, Tom Skerritt. Lambert and Ash and Ash. That's mm-hmm. right. And they're creeping around and we don't see we all we see is Team Ripley and they're creeping around. Yeah. And they've got a net. They've got the cattle prod and then they've got the leaf blower of motion detecting. And they it's, got a lot of courage. It's a yeah. literal rope net. <laughs> they track movement <laughs> to cargo holds, like a right? locker kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, like a bunch of lockers stacked in each other mm-hmm. and they're like it's in this container mm-hmm. so they get close. the net they ready got the net ready they, they got get the cattle prod ready. ready and then someone opens the door and it's kitty mm-hmm. ah! that actually scared me though because yep. it's like a pretty intense build-up and then it's just a calico cat so what did you it was an orange tabby but what did oh, you think bad. was gonna <laughs> i just got cat shamed you did yeah. <laughs> brett with the butterfingers net just mm-hmm. drops it on the cat run away they either prod this cat or catch it Right. Yeah, one yeah, so or the other. What were they going to do if it was an alien? Well, they the cat's ready. out of the bag now. Locker. Well, yeah. yeah. It's definitely out of the locker for right. sure. So now Brett just takes off by himself looking for this cat. Yeah. I think she tells him to go get the cat because he dropped the net. Because yeah. the cat was setting off the motion detector leaf blower. Mm, mm-hmm. And they're like, we got to catch that cat or it's going to set it off again. But literally, Mikey, they've just talked about how they cannot split up. Oh, I'm a- totally agreeing with you. And then Ripley's like, you know what, Brett, you fuck up. <laughs> go by yourself and get that cat mm-hmm. and he wanders like a mile away yeah he does yeah slowly so he's wandering through other cargo holds that are like that are raining, raining and yeah. there's this like big chains hanging from the yeah, cargo ceiling he's definitely wandering through 80s music video sets mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it was definitely the set from beat it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway so he like walks and it's like raining on him or it's, i'm mm-hmm. sure it's just water from condensation or whatever but he like has a sensual moment well, With first, rain on his yeah. face. Yeah. And then puts his hat on and he's like enjoying the rain through it's his really hat. It's really weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, he's taking a little moment it's to his enjoy his last moments life. alive. He's yeah. may as well enjoy them. Well, so before <laughs> that, he finds the cat again and he tries to grab him. And while he's walking away, he sees like the molted skin from oh, the yeah. tinier alien. So yeah. he starts to realize this thing is getting a lot bigger. I bet he picked that up and was like, I can make some wicked boots with these. Yeah, it'll go with my corset. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everyone's issued a space corset when they get on the ship. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna get and it's it. up to them to accessorize. <laughs> Dallas has fit. some weird fetishes, and as captain, he gets to see them. I'm gonna one up this and say that they're gonna sew it together and make alien Lucy's. <laughs> oh God! All right, so he's taking his shower <laughs> by the chain room, and he sees the cat, and he's looking. He's saying, "Here, kitty, kitty!" And then the alien starts to come down behind him, and this is the first time we see the full-grown alien. Yes, and it, it's the first time I've ever seen a cat go, "Oh fuck, no." Yeah. <laughs> Because he starts to come out, and then as the alien gets down behind him, Jones, the cat, goes... Mm Yeah. And like, no, run away, you stupid engineer. Mm-hmm. The way they did that is they had either a real German Shepherd or a picture of a German Shepherd hidden behind a screen and they just oh, pulled yeah? it down real quick. And that's how they got the, hat, the cat to hit. No shit. I'm not that's exactly cool. sure if it happened in the locker or at this scene, but yeah, that's how they they did that. Uh, it worked. I know, but it the was... cacting in this movie is really good. Yeah. Too. The cacting is on point. <laughs> yeah. Like half the crew dies chasing this cat. That's true. Well, they, but yeah. that's the character. That is not the cat actor. But that, yeah. that is true. 
<laughs> that's the script. The, it's not the cat's fault, Mikey. Yeah, but but if I was cat, the crew, I'd be like, we're just to let Jonesy go. Exactly. Okay. Jonesy passive aggressively kills pretty much everybody on this crew. He's a cat. He can't. <laughs> bl- you can't blame the cat, guys. I don't know. Cats are smarter than they look. So, Brett. Hawaiian yeah. shirt guy. Hawaiian shirt Hawaiian guy. shirt guy turns around, sees the alien, and the alien throat punch kills him. He like mouth in mouth face punches him. Yeah. So the big alien thing is that they have a mouth inside their mouth. That That's so weird. Why? That's horribly ineffective. There's a lot of information out there about this, but I think it was inspired by some like arachnid kind of things that can't actually swallow. So one of your mouths is for like chewing and one is for swallowing, I guess. No, the other one is for like biting things off and the other one is for like doing the more. The mastication, if you will. Right. It means to chew, Mikey. Don't give me that face. I prefer that mouth. So then he gets killed and we don't really see how it happens. He gets throat punched. Yeah, no, it bites his throat or something. I know, but we don't see like a big giant scene of it. And I kind of like that. Like we don't need it, you know? I do like how it immediately cuts from him getting throat bit by the alien to Ripley explaining to the crew on the bridge that he's dead. (laughs) Because it seems like, and I'm sure it's not, but it seems like she was like, go find the cat and then immediately went to the bridge and while she's explaining that he's dead, he's still looking for the cat. Right. So like it's happening at the same time because mm-hmm. okay. is like, is there a chance he's alive? Like, no, he did. So now they're talking about what they're going to do and they're talking about going through the air vent to try to get it. She says it's using the air vent. Yes. This is how we're going to track it down and then we're going to start, we're going to try to blow it out into space by venting things. And they, this is where they decide, well, most animals are scared of fire instinctually. Yeah. We we are going to use our flamethrowers that we just happen to have in an oxygen-rich environment. We're going to get to the airlock and blow it out in space. Yeah. And, like, if you're going to burn something, theoretically, you wouldn't break the skin, so you could avoid the corrosive blood thing if you just flamethrower it. Yeah. Well, I can't believe they made a smart decision. But also, mm-hmm. in this future, you know, they don't worry about the oxygen because uh, they've apparently cured uh, throat and lung cancer. I because think everybody smokes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And flamethrowers are just cool, you know? Flamethrowers are cool. Especially if you put them in a helicopter. Mm. <gasps> space flamecopter. That's what they needed. Just Kurt Russell flying in on a helicopter in space. <laughs> he doesn't even need a suit. Be uh, awesome. No, he wouldn't. He's got that hat. He'd just be drinking bourbon. I know. The bourbon inoculates him against the zero gravity. <laughs> this is when Tom Skerritt goes in and he's like, well, I'm about to go into the air vent. What's and my chances pulls, of coming back? Well, he mans up. He's like, I'm the captain. I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he mans up. volunteered. He's like, no, no. Yeah. No, and no. Yeah. Ripley volunteers. But mother says, I don't know. Doesn't he type into mother, will I survive? Yeah, I and think so. And she's like, uh, outlook, not good. Right. Or, you know, <laughs> Ask again later. Yeah, please yeah. shake again or whatever. Right. She's like, I'm an outlook calendar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You like, don't have any appointments. Yeah, today. yeah, yeah. Do you want to set an appointment meeting for the crew? <laughs> I don't know if you have an appointment with uh, death Mother, or what's not? the chances of surviving this alien outbreak clippy comes up it's like can i help you this is not this is not what it's supposed to be for we're sorry room air vent is already booked for a meeting right dev hasn't responded to your evite <laughs> per my last email <laughs> you're screwed tom yeah you're fucked now go john mcclain through an air duct right <laughs> i mean he is he like 100 yeah. percent. he is crawling through an air duct with mm-hmm. a big lighter yeah it's really a flamethrower i did want tom scarrett to at some point just with a close-up on his face with the like the tip of the flamethrower and him just being like, yeah, go into space, have a few laughs. Like, yeah. I thought it would be really funny. <laughs> Back at headquarters, they are watching this, like, it's almost like Pong or some kind of like 8-bit game because they've got the motion tracker so they know where the alien is and they can see it like following Tom Skerritt through these tunnels.
finals. And then they lose him. And then all of a sudden it's back and it's coming right for him. Yeah, Lambert's like, it's in the same room. And he like, this part scared the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. I do think this was scary. the scariest moment for me. He gets got by the alien in a very dramatic, scary ass way. He does. Yeah, the God. only thing the flamethrower does for him is just illuminate his own death. That's true. Yeah, because yeah. I think that's what happens. He flamethrowers and yep. it lights up the that the alien is right there. Yeah. And it's it the wrong way. Terrifying. All right. So now Lambert wants to just abandon the ship and get on Good the idea. And yes. take off. Yeah. But they can't. There's only four lifeboats. <laughs> And then yeah. you realize this whole company is not looking out for the common man. No. Yeah. No, I think it's not that there are only four lifeboats. I think only four people can get inside the one mm-hmm. lifeboat. They are in the space tannic, like yeah. 100% yeah. in the space tannic. The thing is, one of them is a robot. Right. So there are only four people left. There's four people left now, including Oh, was there only four people left? Because Kane's already dead. Brett's already dead. Right. And Dallas just So died. it's just Sigourney Weaver. It's Lambert. It's Parker and the robot. And Ash. Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. Ash. Four people that can just leave. And Jonesy. I think what she said is it won't support it won't four, hold people. four people. Oh. And it how many people does it hold? Three, three, apparently. <laughs> but there are only truly three people left. So Ripley's plan is to go through the air vents and like inch by inch. She's going to basically do what they were trying to do. And in Halloween 2018, like she will go through clear a room and then shut it off and yes. kind of just eliminate places that this thing. So she's narrowing down where it is. And then once they back it into a corner, they're going to blow it out to space. So that's their plan. Ash is like, he doesn't want to kill it. And we're starting to see he's kind of sabotaging a little oh, bit. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because at this point, Ripley's like, well, I've got access to Mother now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'll she get does. my own answers. Thank you. Because I think she's the ranking official on the ship yeah, now, she is. right? It's because the XO, Kane, died first, and mm-hmm. now the captain's dead. So she's yeah. the captain she's now. She's the captain. And she now. gets yeah. suspicious of Ash. Like, she does. She's been suspicious yeah. of Ash, but now. Is this when she goes to Mother and she's is. like, She's like, Why isn't science helping us get rid of this alien? Which is a very weird question. Why isn't science helping get it's rid of this really alien? Like, why do you keep worded. saying do not compute? Why won't you help us figure it's this like, out? It's like, why can't silence eliminate alien? It's a really weird worded question. That I is very God, strange. That's what it said. Something like that. I don't remember. It answers that question by saying special directive 957 science officer eyes only. Yeah. That's and right. so then she overrides that. And that's when she gets the answers that Ash oh, um, yeah. has been sent on a mission. He's the one that rerouted this. Um, and the reason was to try to collect the specimen, bring it back on the ship crew expendable yeah and that's when she, he's like right over her yeah. shoulder very creepily right there yeah. yeah that scared me i didn't know that was gonna happen it's like he had a ring on that made him invisible and then just creeped <laughs> into that little yeah. thing that is 100 percent what yeah. happened and then that's took amazing. his ring off and he's like yeah. i must bring precious back to earth and so now ash attacks ripley because this is the next time that um ash just starts closing these doors yeah, that she's about to walk because out. they leave the inside of darth vader's egg chamber <laughs> so, and they're like fighting about what they're doing and why the crew's expendable when mm-hmm. the alien's not. Fuck that. That's stupid. Everybody's yeah. like, open the door, Ash. And you see Ash is starting to sweat milk and Ash is like shutting the door around Ripley and not mm-hmm. really talking. It's Ripley like yelling at Ash. Yeah. And, and then he rips a piece of a chunk of her hair out. Oh, I didn't And starts like that. smashing her around and this is when I think she actually gets her nose. No, because her nose is bloody before this. Yeah, she comes in. Her the nose is her bloody nose the bloody. second she leaves his mother. I think it's because she was doing rails of coke in her trailer before this scene. Hashtag not my Ripley, guys. (laughs) So they start fighting Mm -hmm. and he starts trying to like rape her mouth with a porn mag. Yeah, he knocks her out and starts to stick a giant magazine in her mouth. Which is Uh, the weirdest way to... mag and then he's like milking all over the place. Mm -hmm. It's just real disturbing. No one can hear you milk. Nailed it. (laughs) 
<laughs> delivered, Mikey. Yes. I love it. I want to say this now because I've been waiting to say this the whole time. This is real stupid to me. For me, he does not need to be a robot and it just looks stupid. I don't, I, it doesn't feel right to me. It's real dumb. Mm, it's really disturbing to me. This is one of the I like this. I, I like this because you, th- you do think he's going to be like just an evil dude. Yeah. But instead he's a company robot. As you were watching this and we both knew it was going to happen, but you were like, what is he possessed by an alien? Yeah, I was What's like, happening? what is happening? This and is then, so stupid. Because then Parker comes up and knocks his head backwards. And so Just these off. Knocks right. his head off. And it's still kind of attached. It's kind of like the T one thousand, like his head's going backwards, but it's still attached. Well, it's like it's it's dangling sort of on his back. Yeah. Yeah. And this is one of the things in the Alien franchise that grosses me out is how milky everything is. Like these don't look like yeah, it's just ugh. It doesn't look like like the Terminator robots or like no, ma- no, machinery. They, it looks it, like Bukaki bot. Yeah, it looks like I don't know what that is. So would you say that it's sort of a cream type stuff? It is. Yeah, <laughs> it looks very, it looks very like organic. Like yeah. like if I didn't if they didn't it. say it was a robot, I don't know if I would have figured out that it was an android. No, you know? n- no, because it's filled with like milk and like Mardi Gras beads. Like that's not a robot. I do like this next scene where they bring him back to ask him questions because though it's done pretty well. He's like on the table. Yeah, yeah. And his head's kind of backwards. It's a good effect. It really is yeah. because his head's kind of sitting next to the rest of his body on the table and he's still talking. He's just kind of reconfirming what Mother has already said. And he says they can't kill it. Um, I'm not going to lie to you about whether you're going to make it out because you're probably not. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie to you about your survival chances, but right. good luck. Good luck to like, And they ask him again, like, why did you do it? And he's like, it's pretty clear. It said that the priority was the alien and everything else was secondary. Exactly. Including use. And I think because he's a he's an android, like I it, I think it's a little more believable. He doesn't really have much humanity in him, and he could just kind of forsake all of them because his, his mission humanity. is what yeah. he's been programmed for. Absolutely. But he's talking about it, and like he's saying, it's a perfect organism, and he admires its purity. And he said it's unclouded by conscience, remorse, and morality. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And that's another theme that's kind of going to continue through the franchise too. The three of them, Parker, Lambert, and Ripley, decide. Well, there's three of us. We can get on the escape pod. Mm-hmm. So they burn up Ashbot and then head towards the escape pod, yeah. right? And they decide yeah. they're going to get in the escape pod and just blow the ship up. Yeah. 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 Good idea. This is a good idea. They're going to do the space version of burning it down. Yeah. They're going to burn it down in space. Yeah. This is actually a pretty smart decision. Yes. Except they separate and Parker and Lambert go to get coolant. Ugh. Yeah. And they go to get antifreeze for the the oxygen sensors. Every one of our or space movies involves people going to get tubes of something. Yeah, yeah this happened yeah. in Event Horizon yeah. too, mm-hmm. with a man and a woman too. Yeah, yeah. the yeah. woman with short hair, and they both die. So Ripley starts to look for Jonesy because she hears some distant meowing, and so she goes on a really long search. And meanwhile, Lambert and Parker are going to get coolant. Yeah, and this is when Todd deduces that because Ripley is on our Final Girls merch, that she is the only one who's going to survive, and so he just writes off Lambert and Parker. Oh, and I. Yeah, they're they're why would they split yeah. up again? Because Ripley needs to be the last person alive. I mean, I don't really know of any other reason. They should have all stuck together. I right? guess she's there to start like working on the oh, procedure. Wait, was she, oh, I think she was command. there to start yeah. the countdown, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Because she says you've got seven minutes. Well, yeah, doing the self-destruct seems like a big convoluted bop it kind of mess. And it you probably should. got to push should. down three cylinders and do this and go over there. and hold the four handles. cylinders. Yeah. yeah, then you got to pull the things. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's going to make your ship explode and you're in space, so it probably should be a multi-step procedure. 
Yeah, yeah, but it shouldn't be a Rubik's Cube. How do fucking Rubik's Cubes work? I cannot solve those things. Math, I think. I don't I know. I know, man. It's what are like, you, the 80s? <laughs> yes. Ripley finds a cat and puts it in a little space cat carrier. Yes. And I like how this happens because you see Lambert and then you see the shadow of the alien. Yeah, and at first across. when you see the shadow, I thought it might have just been Parker, mm-hmm. but it wasn't Parker. Yeah, it's not. It's alien. This is when I kind of lose some respect for Lambert. Oh, you mean because she's paralyzed by fear and can't move? I mean, honestly, yeah. if they had just listened to Lambert immediately when they got to the alien ship, every one of them would still yeah. be alive. She so, pointed out and said, yeah. let's not go in there. Yeah. Let's go call for help. Right. I don't hate her. I just don't think she has a very big part in the movie. She's probably the least seen person in the movie. But yeah, so it gets both Lambert and Parker. And this is, I think, the most that we've seen the alien so far. And we see it kind of second mouth get them. And we don't. And we see its tail kind of creep up Lambert's leg, but we don't really see how it gets them. Oh, yeah. We just, Wait, oh, but what I really like is that Ripley is hearing all of this happen. Oh, yeah. So we don't need to see this whole scene because we're hearing just weird noises and screaming. Yeah, it's really just Lam- Lambert screaming or mm-hmm. Lambert screaming. But isn't Ripley starting to self-destruct at this point? I think mm, I think she's been looking for the cat and now she's oh, going yeah. to try to find them to save them and she sees them and she see- but she sees that they're already dead. And so um, now she's like, okay, fuck it. I'm just going to set the self-destruct thing and get off. So she sets the emergency detonator. She's got 10 minutes. But only five minutes to overturn the self-destruct. Yes. So she sets that and she starts running down the corridor and then she kind of sees the alien and she backs up. And I guess the alien didn't see her because the alien doesn't have eyes. And I guess that's how the alien isn't seeing her. But... The reason she stops is because he is in between her and the escape pod. Yeah, right. he, he's tiptoeing around or something for some yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Like so the tulips around. Yeah. Right. And so now she's got to go set, turn off this emergency override thing for right. the detonator. And she's only got like 20 seconds or something. She doesn't make it. And no. Todd said, like, you should get credit for starting Yeah, well, because she starts, she starts turning off the self-destruct at like five minutes and 20 seconds left. But because it takes 90 seconds to turn it off and she only d- does it in like it's like right after the five minute mark right. like it's f- four minutes and 58 seconds when yeah. she finally turns it off and it's like it. no fuck you yeah. <laughs> you, you didn't do it soon enough so you're all gonna die right <laughs> alright so now she's running back down she's got her th- flamethrower she flamethrower walks through the ship kind of slowly for somebody who's only got five minutes to get to the shuttle yeah and you know you gotta clear the shuttle before it blows because right. that's a huge ship that's yeah. gonna blow and up it explodes like five times yeah. too alright so she grabs Grabs Jonesy, and then she's only got one minute, and she gets onto the shuttle, and the shuttle leaves. This is a great scene because you can just see the panic in her eyes that she's trapped between the ship blowing up and the alien in front of her, and she doesn't mm-hmm. know what to do, and she's like, just praying to God she makes it to that that shuttle. Yeah, and I do really enjoy this. It's a lot of tension. It's hard to describe it because it is just kind of a long scene of her just walking through these tunnels with tension mounting and um, flames a flamethrower. Yeah, flame, yeah. And flames coming out of the walls, too, because the ship's getting hot. And then the ship blows up. She's gotten to a clear distance. It blows up like three times. It, and honestly, it looks like they just reused the original explosion. Like, what are you it's doing? It's a little more explodey the we second and third We literally time. just saw this, and you're showing it again. And then it fades to pink yeah. and that lets you know it's finally blown up and she's like I gotcha you son of a bitch mm-hmm. and I like um, explosions so I was okay to see it four times everything's happy now she's talking to Jonesy and this is when she starts to make herself comfortable for her long sleep and she kind of gets into her night clothes uh, if by night clothes you mean just her panties and shirt mm-hmm. young Mikey was blown away by this oh I bet <laughs> oh I bet I was uh, like what 
what is this? Yeah, there's a, there's been a lot of articles and stuff written about this scene and like what it means and why. What does it mean? Like what it means for the feminist message of this movie. I and feel like, like she was just getting into stasis. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I think it means too. Yeah. But like it, about whether it objectifies her and if like it, it matches does. the tone. Yeah, I think it kind of does. I don't know. It doesn't really bother me that much. And we can talk about I, that more when we I, get I, to Okay, I can see both sides. I can see how it can objectify her and also show her being even more vulnerable than she was on the ship because she feels a false sense of security. Right. Sure. Yeah, because she but does. Also, she thinks that she's escaped and she's in the clear now. It's very gratuitously objectifying her. It is oh, a yeah. little gratuitous because her underwear don't seem to fit very well. No, no. it looks like they are way too small. Yeah, yeah. That, uh, Brett took all the loose fabric, all the extra fabric <laughs> on her underwear and put on his boxers. Like, I gotta make my corset. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, so she puts Jonesy into stasis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then she starts to undress mm-hmm. and then she sees... Which is a, different than putting the cat to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> gross. <laughs> All out. Anyway, so as she's stripping down to get into her stasis pod, she sees the alien who's just real tuckered yeah, out after alien hand because it ate like five people, right? Mike, yeah, said he, he ate two people in a row. He didn't eat anybody. He throat punched them. You mm. don't grow that size without eating. I mean, I, okay. and they never found bodies. No, we saw the bodies. Yeah, of we Lambert saw their bodies, and, um, but not the other people. I mean, it's it's a young alien too. It was just chest burst. He's a grown boy, the other Mikey. Day. Well, then he's, he's binge eating like teenage people do. Anyways, he seems to be hiding in a little hidey hole on this show. fetal position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's legit asleep. So she sees that it can't see him and so she kind of creeps over to the spaceship and she's slowly getting into her spaceship. And this was the most like wow shot for me. I could yeah. not believe they showed this shot. It's a very basic instinct kind of moment. Oh yeah. Alright so she's getting into her spacesuit, and then it's starting to kind of notice and wake up and kind of um, maybe kind of coming to get her a little bit and she goes and gets into. I don't think it is. I think it's, no, it's like dead ass asleep and until she starts the sequence yeah, to open the doors. It. And no, she starts. She, smokes, she, she, she lures it out with the steam. Well, I thought that was the process clicking, to open no, the no, door. she's clicking the different buttons to find the steam where he's laying to get him out so she can suck uh, him out of the ship. And she's buckling herself into her chair, too. And she's like, please don't wake up. Please don't wake up. Yeah. Wake up. But as she finds the right <laughs> vent, she like slowly turns around in her chair so it can't see her mm-hmm. see her. And then it sort of gets up and walks towards her as she's like racing to hit the button to, mm-hmm. I guess, propel him into space. Mm-hmm. But she also grabbed the space harpoon pistol. Mm-hmm. So she spins around in the chair and she hits the button. He's he gets sucked out into space, but he's holding on to the door frame. Mm-hmm. So she shoots him with the space poon pistol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, but the, the <laughs> but so it, but it gets the pistol gets caught in the door. So the alien is not getting sucked out. It's still kind of hanging on and starts to crawl its way back no, in. It's like riding by the ship with like a ski, like a skiing. But then it kind of goes over a little bit, so it gets blasted by the blaster. Well, it, I, it looked like it was trying to crawl it back was, in it was through back there. Yeah. Like, it went over there, I think, because it wanted to. Right, And then yeah. she was like, no, I'll just burn you out. And yeah, motherfucker, just, blast. Yeah, it looked like he was space wakeboarding and just got too close to the ship. That's what happens, man. Yeah. He Icarist. <laughs> yeah. And then she, uh, you and know, then, gets in stasis and uh, mm-hmm. that's the movie. Yeah, and that's the movie. She's making her final post and she says, I'm getting in spa- stasis. I oh, should yeah. be in. Six weeks. Yeah. About six weeks. I'll get back into the network. And hopefully the network will pick me up. And that's the movie. And that's the movie. Yeah. Todd, you thought there was going to be like an extra jump scare at the end. Yeah. I, well, because a lot of these movies have like the last minute I jump scare hate thing. I that in horror movies. Me too. It's I think it's stupid. Horror trope. I don't know. I think when it's well done, I really enjoy it, but it's so rarely. 
I've well never done. seen it well like, done. Oh. All right, let me give my final thoughts first because I did. Re- I feel like I kind of shit on the movie at the beginning, and I do really enjoy it, and I liked it a lot better this time when I was really invested and I was really paying attention. And I think just in a different place in my life, I'm really kind of looking at Ripley as this kind of feminist icon, you know. And I've got some more to say about that in fun facts, but yeah, I did. I did really enjoy it. It's not one of my favorites, just partly because space just in my thing. But yeah, I, I think it's really well made. It's really effective. It's really tense. And I love Ripley. Do you think if you had been to space once that you would like it more? I think if I had gone to that system that they were at and I could kind of connect a little bit more to what it was like to really walk on that rock and see that space nostril ship, I think I really would have been in the place. And yeah. <laughs> so yes, to answer your question, Todd. <laughs> you are such an ash. Um, <laughs> I love this movie and I think it holds up and I think the effects hold up I like the plot. They do. Analyzing it with y'all makes me see a lot more plot holes than I usually do Uh, but I really liked it. I liked the characterization. I liked I liked Ripley. I liked Dallas. I like I like all the different personalities and mm-hmm. how they dealt with it. I didn't and really see a lot of plot holes. That's interesting. I didn't really see that many But it's, it's the first time I've seen it and like I'm plot holes like they should have never gone in there in the first place. Oh is that a plot hole or is it just no, like that's a, just poor decision. Yeah, yeah. it's just poor decision making and they're space truckers so like yeah. They're not known for, like, making the best decisions. By the way, truckers out there, thank you so much for delivering our goods and services. Yes. You are the backbone of the American and culture. And, and while you're on your route. There you go. Yeah. Gen 2. And if you ever get the chance to go to an alien vehicle, don't take it. Just call for other trucks. Yeah. yeah. Call I mean, the space I, I, I really enjoyed watching it. I enjoyed watching it with y'all. I'm glad Jen liked it better by the end. And uh, I liked watching it with you, Todd, because there's <laughs> there's only a few scary moments, and then the rest of the time you can kind of appreciate how well made the, the movie is, like the set design, the special mm-hmm. effects like I, I it really looks like, really good yeah it does yeah yeah that's what i was gonna say like i didn't like the movie but only because it scared me and i hate being scared aside from that i get why people like it mm-hmm. it looks great there was really only one shot that i was like that doesn't look great but it was fine yeah. mm-hmm. and it was two seconds out of the whole movie yeah it was right. two seconds and it didn't look bad but right, exactly. let me be clear yeah. you it could just, just didn't notice look, yeah, yeah it just didn't look amazing the right. rest of it you can tell a lot of these spaceship shots and stuff are miniature, but they're mm-hmm. great. It, yeah. They did very, very well. Practical effects on this are awesome. Mm-hmm. And the story's pretty good. I think so, too. Yeah. yeah. I just didn't like that Ash was a robot. I felt that was sort of stupid. And I like that. But that, yeah, but that's super like. But that's just a preference for yeah, you. That's yeah, that's just super like something I didn't like, but I get why other people might like it. I mm-hmm. get why it's 40 years later. It's still revered as one of the best. Yeah. I get it. And we should say it's celebrating its 40th anniversary. And for a movie that is 40 years old, it is still really watchable, really enjoyable and looks great. I know it's been remastered, but it just it really holds up 40 years later. It does. Absolutely. Let's talk box office because it made some money, guys. Yeah. It made some (laughs) money. It's still making money. Do you have any idea what the production budget is, either of you? $10 million. Very close. $9 million. Other direction. It's $11 million. million. Dollars. Yeah. So for Come 11. Come on down, Mikey. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'm on board for it. So it made $80 million domestic. And, and a lot back then. Mm-hmm. It's a shitload. We'll talk about that in a second. And $24 million foreign. So it made over $100 million in 1979, which is a huge amount. And if you adjust it for inflation, that's $283 million. Wow. Ooh. So that's real great on an $11 million investment. That's real mm-hmm. great. So it did great. Obviously, it spawned shitloads of sequels and prequels now, I believe, right? 
Because yeah. the Prometheus series is prequel to Alien, right? Let's do some Jen's fun facts. All right, Jen's fun facts. Now with more fun. So let me say two really great podcast episodes about this movie. Our Faculty of Horror has a great episode on Alien and Aliens. And Spinsters of Horror, I spent on your podcast, has a really great episode about this and um, the movie Pandorum. Um, so check them out for like kind of more academic discussion of this movie if that's something you're interested in. Yeah, we're basically the space truckers of podcasts. <laughs> we kind of are, you know? <laughs> oh, man, that's true. <laughs> this was really inspired by Star Wars and it took a while to get this produced because when the script was being written, by the way, the people that wrote the script also wrote Total Recall. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. All right. So um, they were writing this and it was taking a while because nobody really was too interested in it. And then Star Wars came out and everybody wanted to do a space movie. And this was just already in the hands of a producer. So that's how this kind of got pushed into production. Um, I guess that makes sense because everyone's trying to jump on the bandwagon, but exactly. it's and a great movie. It really did, yeah. yeah. And it's way different than Star Wars, so it's no way a ripoff. No, at no, all. No, not at all. It just it's happens just to take place in space, right. and yeah. He, he was thinking more of it like Jaws in space, and it functions in, as a slasher in a lot of ways. That's you know? what I, I think it's more of a slasher than a Jaws. Right, I think so too. And then you see, I mean, it's got a creature, so I can see the connection between that. This is much more a slasher than I think Aliens and the rest of the movies in the franchise too, you know? So the original title of this was Star Beast. What? <laughs> I know. But they didn't like that title very much. He so was my favorite wrestler it. in 1989. <laughs> was he? Star Beast! I was an Iron Sheik, man. <laughs> <laughs> it came down to casting either Sigourney Weaver or Meryl Streep. Really? Yeah, which I imagine would just have been totally different. Meryl Streep is one of those people who's always been old in my mind. So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at young Sigourney Weaver, and in my mind, Meryl Streep's 60. <laughs> you seem like the Iron Maiden in this yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but apparently they were roommates in college. Really? Sigourney Weaver and Meryl Streep, yeah. I mean, they're probably right around the same age, but I just... Didn't really recognize Meryl Streep until she was much, much older. Right, me neither. And listeners, that sourcing is from IMDb, so I apologize if it's not true, but it was really interesting. Okay, so the original ending was she gets to the shuttle and the alien rips her head off and the alien makes the last, the ship's log in Ripley's voice, like mimicking the voice, but they didn't ever shoot that. They Yeah, that sounds so dumb. (laughs) Yeah, it kind of does. Well, and you kill your main character, you know. Um, Ripley was originally written as a male character. Interesting. When they were writing this, they intentionally wrote all the characters as unisex. I think you can kind of see that in the characterization, and I think that's why they all kind of feel like real characters. You know, there's not really a whole lot of stereotyping in them. But Ripley was written as a male character, and I think that's why she feels so empowering. Reading about the writers, I think they were really big feminist writers, and I really appreciate all of the thought that they put into the writing of this movie because they intentionally made Kane, who's the one who gets face-hugged, they made him male. They didn't want the um, person who gets, he essentially gets raped. Yeah, and he's impregnated. Pregnant. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they didn't want to make that a female character for a couple of reasons because they felt like it was too much of a horror cliche. And they wanted men to be able to kind of empathize with that or they wanted to kind of tap into men's fear of penetration and this thing that we don't really see happen to men in movies that much, you know? Yeah. And so I really appreciate that. And men that. kind of fear pregnancy they do, anyway yeah. and women's bodies. And like, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying, you know. No, yeah, it, but it seems so strange to men in a lot of ways because that's not something they're you would ever going to say. Gonna experience. Say alien. Whoa. <laughs> Nailed it. It was about the male fear of penetration, and he really wanted to make all the men in the audience cross their legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think that. this guy went on to write the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito hit Junior, right? <laughs> I think so. I mean, he knew Arnold Schwarzenegger from Total Recall, so he exactly. just wanted to team up again. Exactly. Yeah, um, and he has said that it's about reproduction by non-consensual means, and there's a lot of fem 
feminist writing and discussion about this that I don't know if we're going to do justice to, but really check that out because it's really interesting. That sounds like an interesting topic. It really is. I'm telling you, check out that Faculty of Horror episode and the Spinsters of Horror really get into a lot of the feminism of this movie and it's really interesting. And there's an article about like what this means now in the Me Too generation too. And it suggests that men should fear rape too. And I think it kind of helps men empathize with that kind of thing. But I do want to say, I don't want anybody who's writing a movie now to think, oh, I'll just write my female character as a man and think that's going to make her a strong female character because that was great in 79 because a lot of the characters we were getting then were more like Lambert and more kind of stereotypical female characters. But now I don't want to have to be like a man to be taken seriously. I don't want a character that I'm supposed to connect with to have the traits of a man for me to be able to find empowerment with her. I want the things that make females very strong and very capable that are different from men. I just want, I don't know if I'm saying this right. Like, you I mean, probably, at the I, end of the movie, she makes I it very clear. Saying, well, and I've got thoughts about that too. <laughs> well, okay. yeah, because I don't think Ripley is written like a man. I think she's just written like you're saying, like a unisex character. Because I don't see anything yeah. that differentiates her as a man or a woman. She's just a person who's a competent. And she everybody's come taking off as her man. just as yeah. seriously as everybody yeah. else. Yeah. What I'm saying is, if you're writing a screenplay right now don't I shouldn't have to be like a man to be taken seriously why the underwear scene doesn't bother me so much is because I'm watching this movie knowing that she's been written as was she was going to be a male character and now she is totally feminized and she still gets to be a female it's like in the movie revenge where she's kicking ass but she's still got these giant pink earrings so we still remember that she's a woman and she has not become totally masculinized but she still kicks ass strong women are not strong women because they act like men they're strong women because they are strong strong women exactly yeah yeah. Yeah. and that's all i'm saying and i'm not criticizing the alien writer i'm saying that was great then don't do it i want my life partner to be able to shoot an alien out of the space lock have you seen the movie as good as it gets and that's what i was thinking yeah Yeah, when he says how do you write women so well and he says i think of a man and then i take away reason and logic (laughs) exactly yeah don't do that screenwriter yeah the whole time you were talking and the reason i started laughing wasn't Uh because you were giving your feminist take yeah but i was like holy shit this is like the opposite of that and it's not jack nicholson who's saying it right it's just like the the cat he's not luring them to his death you know i got one more fun fact and then we're gonna talk about the chest burster scene okay and I love this fun fact because it was really interesting. And I haven't heard a lot about this. So the Todd mentioned at one point, oh, that's definitely not a man in a suit. Because I think the couple of minutes that you see the alien, you see his full body, you can tell that it's a man in a suit. Oh, yeah. And it is. Well, they found a really lanky guy to be in the suit. And that's what I got fun facts about. His name, I'm probably going to say this wrong, is Balaji Badejo. He's a Nigerian visual artist, and he was discovered in a pub in Soho. And he was super tall and lanky, and he had really thin arms. And I got several different measurements of how tall he was. I got six foot one, I found six foot ten, and I found seven foot two. Those are drastically different. I know. That's His why legend I was, grows throughout the years. <laughs> Just really like his height. <laughs> but I thought it was interesting. But he was super lanky and tall. And um, so, yeah, he they just discovered him and pulled him into this. And he's not really on screen for very long. But after this, he kind of, he went back to Nigeria, started working in an art gallery and he never really worked in Hollywood again. He kind of faded away. And then he died of sickle cell anemia when he oh. was 39. I know. This oh, fact man. is not as fun. Well, no. And, and, you know, I just thought it was cool. I wanted to kind of talk about him a little bit because I think for a man in a suit, there's a lot of horror movies that do that 
really wrong. And I think there's never really a moment until the very end where I'm like, that's a guy in a suit. You know, it doesn't right, look right. bad. I think they did a really great job. Well, I think that's because he's good. rarely on screen. Exactly. Yeah. And that's part of it. And, and the parts um, they do show are like covered in mucus. Right. Yeah. yeah the, um, and really Scott's talked about this. He didn't want to show the monster too much because once you become used to him, it's not as effective anymore. It's also not that scary once you've seen him a bunch. Exactly. Yeah. But if it's just a second and he's just flashing or you just see his jaws coming at you, then yeah, it is scary. So let's talk about the chest burster scene. And Todd, you had a fun fact about this. Yeah. So everyone in the scene knew something was going to happen, but didn't know the full extent of what was going to happen. Right. So I think what they knew was going to happen was the blood popping out of the chest. They didn't know that then the alien was going to pop out. So all those reactions are legitimate reactions Mm -hmm. because they had no idea what the fuck was going to happen. And you look at Tom Skerritt's face, he looks like he's mad. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, what the fuck just Mm -hmm. happened? He doesn't look like he's... Yeah, Yeah. it's it's a great, great reaction. Everyone has a great reaction. Yeah, Lambert got blood splattered all over her face. She's freaking out. Yeah, But Tom Skerritt's face is like, he looks like he's pissed at Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. It's so great. But also kind of thinking, I'm going to be a millionaire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, and so because of that, because they wanted that reaction, they did it in only one take. Yeah. But it almost went terribly wrong because apparently they didn't realize right before, I think they'd already started filming and they realized his shirt was in the way and it was going to get caught on the shirt and it wasn't going to bust through. So I think Ridley Scott kind of just dashed forward and just sliced the shirt a little bit with a, mm-hmm. just a tiny little knife just to make sure that the alien could get through. So, phew, crisis averted. If you've seen um, Bravo's 101 Scariest Movie Moments, I think yeah. this is like number seven or something. or maybe I'm surprised that this is what stood the test of time and not the facehugger scene because the yeah. facehugger scene is pretty creepy and pretty yeah. s- uh, suspenseful. But you don't see the impact of that's that. true. It's, divi- it's like a divided right. yeah, scene. Yeah, that's true. You know? And that's I think true. if you had seen it on, and you see that more in Aliens, you see more like the impact of it grabbing onto a face and then you see the person with it on their face. Ah, gross. Um, But yeah, and I think because of that, this scene, I imagine seeing it in the theater the first time would have freaked me out. But now right. I know what's going to happen so much that now I'm kind of just watching it and like marveling at it. Well, now it. Todd knows. Everybody knows what's right. going to happen. That's I mean, I had never seen the movie and I knew right. it was going to happen. Yeah. And that's, that's why I was able able to see like oh my god their faces are awesome I can only scene. compare it to like you would see Empire Strikes Back and not know Vader is Luke's dad exactly like, you're just like, what yeah. if you didn't know Vader was Luke's dad you don't know German because Vader means father in <gasps> well those are my fun facts nice my fun great facts. fun facts I like this Scary Scale. Hey, listeners, our Scary Scale is how we rank how scared we were by the movie we watched today. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were tonight when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, what you got? I'm I'm like between four and a five. I'm going to go five, but it would have been higher for me had I not known a lot of the stuff going yeah. into this. Uh, if I had gone to see this in the movie in 70 in the movie theaters in 79, it would have destroyed me on mm-hmm. some level because it's very, very scary. But I knew the facehugger scene was coming. I hadn't seen that before, mm-hmm. but I knew it was coming. Uh, the chest burster scene I knew about and obviously saw the Spaceballs version. So I sort of knew what that would look like. Yeah, the Spaceballs version is William Hurt. Yeah. Is yeah. it really? Yeah. yeah. I haven't seen it. that movie in yeah. ever. It's great, so it's man. But you don't like comedy, so. Funny. So it just wasn't as scary as I think it really should have been had I not had, you know, pop culture sort of ruined the scariest moments right. for me. Because the one scary moment that I didn't know was coming was Dallas in the air vents with mm-hmm. the flamethrower and the alien being there. And that 
fucking scared yeah, me. Yeah, that scared the fuck It was out of you. super scary. Was so fun. yeah, had the, had I had that same reaction to the other moments, that definitely do warrant that sort of reaction. I just knew it was coming. Right. I would have given it a much higher, but I'll say five. It was still scary. Thank you. I think I'm going to give it a four. I, I guess it's because I've seen it a lot and it scared the bejesus out of me when I was a child. Yeah, man. Well, it scares you and then it like throws that Ripley at you. So you feel a little better at the end. Yeah, you but, do. Uh, yeah, you do. The, the air vent scene's super scary. Yeah. The face hugger scene's super scary and creepy. And just like the level of tension that stays high in the movie. I think it mm-hmm. warrants a four for me. I, I would be higher, but I've just seen it so many times. Yeah. yeah. I get that. All right. I'm going to, don't be mad at me, guys. I'm going to give it a three. Why would it be mad at you? It's like right next to No, I'm talking to listeners. Oh, I got you. And I think part of this is because I saw this as an adult. The first time I saw this, I was a grown up and I'd already seen the chestburster scene before. I already knew a lot of what was going to happen. So it didn't have, it just didn't kind of lose, lost its impact. But that said, I still recognize it as very scary at the time. I think it's very effective. I think it builds a lot of tension and I still think it's a really enjoyable movie to watch it just kind of loses its scariness impact because it's just so like ubiquitous now yeah you know yeah so i think three. if i had seen this movie three times i'd probably give it a three or around right. there because I, I would know everything's coming and be prepared for it right yeah. and listeners just to remind you that is not a ranking of the quality of this movie no before yeah. you at us because quality i'd probably give this a nine or a ten. Yeah, oh, it's yeah, up yeah. there for yeah. sure and I, speaking as someone who I don't want to ever see this movie again, I get why it's a great movie. Yeah. It's just not for me. Like, I'm so scared of scary movies that I never want to watch them again. <laughs> I literally never watched scary movies before this podcast. I like, know. I hate them. And then you just went all in and committed to yeah. weekly podcasts. I don't know why I did you that. You do it for the fans. Yeah. You do it for the lols. So this week, you guys made me watch Alien. What are you guys making me watch next week? All right. I am excited about this. I have seen this movie before. This is one demanded by Jacob Hopkins of Modern Horrors. I think he really wants to scare the shit out of you. Is this is one we're going to his house this to watch and record? We're going to his house. Because am I he, invited? Yes, yeah. you're invited. He demanded that we watch this on his setup. And I've built enough suspense. We are watching Last Shift. It's available on Netflix right now. Check it out. Is it Danny Glover just saying, I'm getting too old for this shit? It's not, but but it is about police officers. There you go. Yeah, it's about someone working the last shift of a police station that is that they're moving out of. No, oh, I, I think okay. I have seen this. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I really like it. I'm excited. All right. I mean, I don't I don't know anything about it. Like I've never heard of it until Jacob was like, You guys are coming over. And because he runs the Modern Horrors Podcast Network with Luke that we're a part of, yeah. we just ha- we sort of have, have to do to. what he says. Yeah. I know. So uh, I guess I'll <laughs> be going over there at some point to watch a very scary movie. And all right, guys, so make sure you watch the last shift. And if you want to watch along with that in the Facebook group, Emmy hosts watch parties in the Facebook group. So as long as you remember the Facebook group, you'll see messages on Sundays from her. She does one at noon and one at six. Central time and she yeah she's the best she does it it two times on Sundays because we have listeners around the world and she wants to make sure everyone has a chance to do it when they can so thank you for that anyway join the Facebook group so you can be a part of that so guys we try and reward people who give us five star reviews by giving them a shout out on the podcast and reading their review so this week we're going to read a review that we got from iTunes from and Mikey do you want to take it away yeah it's from uh, Mike S in exclamation point now mikey is this you no good uh okay so he says on may 19th 2019 the hosts have excellent rapport they've covered some of my favorite films and this is a very solid listen oh thank you it's a great idea for a show 
Agreed. <laughs> well, thank you very much, yeah, Mike SN exclamation point. We yeah, appreciate your five star review. And if you guys want to have your five star review run right on the podcast, just leave us a five star review. Uh, if it's on iTunes, we can see all those. If it's not, we may not be able to see them. So just yeah. screenshot and email it to us mm-hmm. and we can read them that way. We or you know, if you leave us one on Facebook, we can see that too. And I'm, I'm reading at an eighth grade level now. So I'm, yeah, you guys are really teaching me a lot. Yeah, yeah, getting through it's really helping you learn to read. <laughs> so as I mentioned before, we are a member of the Modern Horrors Podcast Network. And if you want to listen to their podcast, they actually just released one today. So they're back in the habit. Oh, they did? How they're back it? in the habit of releasing podcasts. Ooh. So check them out. Also check Final Girls out and uh, Death Dying and other things. And if you listen to us in their feed, you can listen to us two days earlier in our feed. So make sure you're subscribing to our feed for that. And if you want to follow us on social media, we are at Horror Virgin pretty much everywhere. Mikey is at M Randolph 24. Yes. Jen Ferratu is Jen Ferratu. And mm-hmm. I'm Todd J. Awesome on all the social channels. Obviously, we're all in the Facebook group. So hang out with us there in the Facebook group. We do watch parties, questions of the day. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you guys can post mm-hmm. your own stuff. It's a lot of fun to be a part of and be an active participant in. Yeah, it's fun. We got some awesome mods in there, too. Yeah, we do. Thank you guys for modding the group because it's yes. like someone, we couldn't do all that. Check out the website at horrorvirgin.com. Jen writes a blog that is up there. Mikey has promised to do something. I'm going to do it this week, I think. All right, let's knock it oh, out, man. Oh, God. I'm like 400, 300, 400 pages into it. Those are very different numbers. Well... <laughs> It's between them, maybe. <laughs> we'll it's say like 350. 350. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so, yeah, guys. <laughs> Come on down. <laughs> so, check out the blog there. You can also, there's a link to our merch store there. Mm-hmm. We well, got some new designs pretty recently. Yeah. And the, the merch goes on sale pretty frequently. Too. It seems like every two or three weeks, know, which is yeah. great. So yeah, we try to post it. When it's it not does. on sale. You wait a week or two. Exactly. Yeah. I want some new mics. <laughs> I mean, I want some new mics too. And if you want to help us get new mics, right. subscribe <laughs> to our <laughs> Patreon at patreon.com slash horror virgin. A lot of great perks up there. We're trying to think of new content. So if you have any ideas for what content we can put on Patreon, let us know. But we've got a really fun idea in the works. We do. We'll talk about it when we actually put it in the plan. But yeah. yeah. So this was a really fun episode. I'm glad we did this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really iconic movie. I'm glad we did it too. Yeah. That's going to be it from us, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you watch Last Shift for next week. That's right. Yep. I'm Jen. I'm Mike. I'm just really glad to be back and feeling better. And thanks for everybody's kind words. And I missed you guys. And I'm your (laughs) horror virgin Todd, guys. Oh, crap. Have a good week. Bye. (laughs) Nerds.